Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Thank you so much, um, Deep Voice Man. Very much appreciated. I am uh, Mark Lawrence, subpar host of the show. My good co Can you prove that? <laughs> that I'm subpar? That you're Mark Lawrence. I'm no, I was sub- say. Subpar is self-evident. I just wonder if you could prove you're Mark Lawrence. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I, no, I really cannot prove that. I, 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 I don't believe in ID. You <laughs> look like it. him. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till the show's over. It'll be obvious. I'm as bad as him. Oh, yes. So, yeah. So, did you have a great weekend, I trust? I had a pretty darn good weekend, sure. It was a uh, good deal. Pretty fine. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of any highlights that would be worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> had a good nap yesterday. Um, well, there you go. That's, um, a, that's a biggie. What did you do? I took a nap. Great worship service on Sunday morning in person with probably 30-some people present. Well, so were you preaching? It's always nice, yes. I All was right. up in the pulpit uh, spreading the good news. So, uh, yeah, that was it. And how about As how opposed was to what you spread here Monday through Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I play a liberal on the radio. Right. Yeah. I play a jerk. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's truth and there's self-evidence there. Um, let's see. How about how was your weekend? Uh, mine was very good. A highlight? Highlight. Uh, I took a nap. <laughs> I did some laundry. I uh, oh, I'm not allowed in the laundry room. It doesn't help unless something's leaking. Um, <laughs> I helped my lovely bride move her office back from out of the boy room at my house, which is the uh, dead animal room, to the dead animal. <laughs> Well, that's what you maintain a series of dead animals, do you? <laughs> Around the periphery of the room, yes. Okay. There's deer and fish and so on. But anyway, uh, moved her back to her office, and today she starts back in the office in person. Uh, basically, uh, mental health oriented work oh, she okay. does, uh, and she's a lot of in person stuff. She's been vaccinated, so she's oh. a lucky individual. Well, it's a big day. To... My grandson Logan is going back to school. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about ab- 25 minutes. Okay. Well, tell me about that. So he well, has his been. Parents have but all of us, all of us uh, who are in close contact with him, have been uh, got our second shot. So okay. he's going back today to the Sealands Grove Middle School. Okay, first time in the building. As a terrible thing that happened, you know, it was he was going into the sixth grade, and that's the first grade in the middle school. So he mm-hmm. he hasn't been in the middle school, and now he's going in today, and they've got a plan to. You know, bring him back into the school. Is meeting one of his friends. Is going to show him all around the building. Show him. Okay, so he didn't get the orientation that no, kids, he didn't uh, get some it. kids got in September. No, and he is like a lot of kids who chose to study at home. He didn't this choose. Year. The choice was made for him because of uh, family uh, health concerns. Health concerns, sure. right? Okay, and uh, but now he's going back to school. And uh, are there other kids that have been in, having most of their year, or if not all of their year at home, who are starting to trickle back in? Well, I know one of his friends went back a little bit before he did. They mm-hmm. he also had relatives who were at risk, you know, uh, for getting the virus. And uh, he went back maybe a month ago. 
Mm-hmm. And now Logan mm-hmm. is going back today. Wow, that's just great. Good We're for, excited for Good him. for him. Um, we know some kids excel when they are studying at home on their own virtually, but other kids do not. And, of course, you miss out on the socialization and just plain fun and the play and whatever else they get to yeah. do. So. Well, the socialization, I think, is the big thing. Getting, you know, you spend nine months or almost a year without seeing your friends, mm-hmm. having any mm-hmm. contact with them. I mean, even though it's going to be distanced, you know, you have to maintain a distance and wear your mask, at least they're in the same room mm-hmm. you know they get to see each other well you can expand your pot well since he well he would not have been vaccinated yet correct no, no. okay so but uh parents are and you are grandparents are so you get to to see him again now is that how you're doing this yeah, or, okay yeah, good all right well this is some w- semblance of normalcy <laughs> thank god <laughs> well you might just go to a movie no nope, you can't no. they have the the 50 people in there it's i'll know we're back to normal when, when my son out. calls me and says hey you want to go see a movie today pops <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'll be a message you'll be anxious to hear. Amen. So, well, I've missed the popcorn and the M and M's. Do you I don't mix? care what the movie is? I just want the popcorn and the M and M's. Do you mix them up? Oh no, I eat them together though. You know, a handful of popcorn, then a couple of M and M's. Okay. Isn't that funny? All right. The only way to enjoy a movie. <laughs> with popcorn. Popcorn. And and, well, yeah, what, what's a movie without popcorn and Diet Coke? I mean, why even right. go? Well, there's no point. All right. Well, welcome on board, everybody. That concludes our trivialization of our lives that we do on a regular basis. No, I don't think my grandson the show. going back to school is trivial. But no, uh, no. <laughs> important topics in an otherwise uh, frivolous start to an important issue program. Uh, we are going to have open phones today. We're going to hear from Leonard Steiner. Steinhorn, the good uh, CBS News correspondent who is an American history professor at American University. So he'll be talking to us during the 9 a.m. hour. Uh, and he is uh, 100% informed on really all of the big issues today. He's monitoring very closely the pandemic and the goings-on in Washington, D.C. Has uh, Governor does any, Cuomo. Does he know about the indignity being foisted on Pepe Le Pew? I uh, I would not know. It must be quite a major news. Are you event. familiar with Pepe Le Pew? Uh, I am from the cartoon Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers cartoons. Right? Okay, right. So, he was a skunk who mistakenly right. falls in love with a cat that happens to look like a skunk. Okay, and he is always you know, being very rejected. amorous to her. Yes, and always being rejected. And they have now accused him of promoting the rape culture. Oh, Pepe dear. Le Pew is being banned. Along with Dr. Well, Seuss. <laughs> he is guilty of sexual harassment. There's no argument about that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, he, he did provide unwanted advances. But, you know, here's the thing. We're going to get rid of a cartoon character, but we're not getting rid of the governor of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Let's real. get rid of Pepe Le Pew because he's promoting the rape culture. Cartoons bad, nightmares good. Good, good right. Oh, gosh. I right. mean, it's ridiculous, to be honest with you, that they would allow Mario Cuomo to exist and uh, ban Pepe Andrew. Le Pew. Andrew. No, Mario. Oh, that's right, Andrew. That's right. Mario was his father. I'll be all right. Um, nope, it's okay. They're they're all three top of the mind. So, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, Governor Cuomo, we can talk about him today during our open phone segment. But Leonard Steinhorn, also very informed on Governor Cuomo, so he'll n- be able to, you know, talk about uh, now the Democratic support is just falling away left and right around Governor Cuomo. And at some point, once he loses X amount of support, you know, whatever that point is, you can't govern if you have no coalition anywhere. Well, he's saying he won't go away because he says that, you know, resigning over allegations is undemocratic. This is the same man who called for (laughs) at least four or five other people to resign 
after allegations, including Brett Kavanaugh. <clears throat> but now that it's him, oh, well, we don't need to do this. Well, he and doesn't you know need who's to been a surprisingly silent? She was absolutely calling Brett Kavanaugh a rapist and all these terrible things. And that's our beloved vice president, who is absolutely silent. She did not on weigh Mario Cuomo. Cuomo. Why should she weigh on the goings-on in <laughs> now well, that she she's the vice? In, when she was a senator, she weighed in on Brett Kavanaugh. But she is also now in a position to help guide administration policy. I think she's wisely staying quiet. Assuming what you say is true, that she's staying quiet on this. I haven't really monitored uh, the, closely the reaction to the uh, uh, governor but uh, of uh, New York. So, uh, 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number, and uh, we invite you to contact us, 1-800-795-9565. We are going to the phone line, and uh, we learn that it's Joseph from Milton. Good morning, sir. Uh, Cancel culture, that's when you want to get rid of Governor Cuomo because of these accusations, right? Hey, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And President Biden, and Kamala Harris, and uh, Nancy, fancy Nancy. Anyway... Yes. Uh, I was watching there. They were saying why they canceled Dr. Zeus, you know, and they were showing some of the the pictures in his book and stuff. And this one Chinese guy, because he had a Chinese hat on, he was eating with chopsticks. Well, I know all kind of Oriental people, and they basically all eat with chopsticks. And what's wrong with that? Well, maybe the chopsticks were okay, but, you know, the sandpan hat and the, the yellow face... Well, hey, hey that, well, the, 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 that uh, just like black people have a black face and white people have a white face and Mexican people have a brown face, that's what they are. That's what we are. You know, uh, if they paint me as a white face, I don't care. You know, uh, but what I was going to say is this. In the Bible, they're going to have to cancel that Bible because that's a very bad book. In there, the Almighty says that uh, the sons of... Ham, or Ham's son, Noah's, Noah's son, Ham, um, his son Canaan was cursed and became, of course, they, would be, they became the black race and they were to be servants. And also the Savior said he called a Seraphonician woman who wasn't a Hebrew uh, a dog. Isn't that terrible? That he would call her a dog? And the dog in Hebrew culture is a lowly animal. They're, they're something that eats their own vomit. Uh, if you'll find okay. out in the book of Peter. There's a lunch <laughs> tip for you. <laughs> All right, so... What I'm saying is they, uh, they uh, you know, they're going to have to cancel the Bible if they cancel Dr. Zeus. And Dr. I guarantee Seuss. you, they've Seuss. already canceled the Almighty. <laughs> they took him out of the schools, and look what happened when they did that. You had school shootings and stuff. We never had that before. Well, Dr. We had prayer and Bible reading in the school. But when they took that out, the devil came in. Well, and I that's what's they, happening. I think they're probably this, upset this, this about... Democrat policy is all satanic. I think totally they're prob- satanic. I think they're probably upset about Dr. Zeus right. and his hammer. Dr. Seuss <laughs> and his lightning bolts. The lightning bolts, right. <laughs> you oh, mean Dr. Dr. Thor. And you mean Dr. Seuss, as in Theodore Geisel? Dr. Seuss. So, okay, well, yeah, I guess uh, cancellation of certain segments of the Old Testament would cause that. All right, thank you so yeah, much, no, Joseph. Also, thank uh, you. You oh, know, like witchcraft and, and homosexuality, that, that book, the Bible, that condemns those people that do such things. They should be put okay. to death, according to Yahweh. Okay. Uh, are are you that. actively involved in doing that? I mean, are you carrying out his will? Are you putting these people to death? No, no, we don't do that. Why in not? The New Testament, well, why is, we why pray don't for we? them. 
Oh, I see. And, uh, gotcha. But, right. uh, the New Testament does uh, say that. In Romans chapter 2, read it, or chapter 1, excuse me. It says, all who commit such things as homosexuality, adultery, and many other sins are worthy of death. It says that. Worthy of death. It doesn't actually recommend going out and doing something about it. No, 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 okay. no. Of course not. But he's going <laughs> to, I'll put it this way. They that do such things will not make it into the kingdom, and they will be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. All and right. that's where they're, they're going to find their death sentence. Noted. That, that All right. Thank you so much, that. Joseph. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you so much for calling in. You, Very much You're always it. such a cheerful caller. <laughs> well, I think, you know, it, it, there's strange standards here. All right, we're going to take a quickie break shortly. One of our good texters sends us a note and says uh, when uh, Joe says, what happened to Kamala Harris? She's all quiet about this sexual accusation involving Governor Cuomo. One of our good listeners sends a text and says, Kamala Harris was directly involved with trying Brett Kavanaugh. That's why she was vocal about it, because she had to participate in his hearing. So, comparing that to Cuomo, uh, with whom she has absolutely nothing oh, to do. So in other is words, apples and oranges. Oh, I get it. So the bad behavior only counts if you're involved in it. It if, doesn't matter if other, well, the standard is, doesn't apply to anybody else. I got it. Thank you. Well, I don't get the mix-up in government. In what way is the vice president of the U.S. instrumental in the government? Because she was condemning the action. One of her statements was, believe the survivors. Here we have five survivors who are yearning to be believed, and Kamala Harris isn't coming forward for them the way she did okay, for so in Christine Blasey Ford. You do not hear me when I say she was involved in as a senator at I the time of the confirmation she had a, hearings. She had a dog in the fight, as you put it. I understand that. I would never but if say the that. issue, if the issue was the bad behavior, alleged bad behavior, uh-huh. in Brett Kavanaugh's case from high school, here we have five people okay. who are testifying to Governor Cuomo's bad behavior. During right. his time as governor, you know, last week, maybe, the week before, <laughs> not go, not when he was in junior high school. You go farther out on that branch, you are going <laughs> to fall off, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. So you were saying the vice president of the U.S., uh, given the opportunity, should weigh in on important governance issues in New York State. Noted. Okay. Usually. No, no. The, I think the issue, if the issue was important to her, important enough that she spoke as often and as frequently as she did about Brett Kavanaugh and as strongly, that you would think the issue would still be be important to her today. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We got uh, one call coming in and another one waiting. Uh, We're going to take the quickie break, promised, and we will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. In the spring, a young man's love lightly turns to thoughts of fancy. Keep your guard up, Cherie. <laughs> Hello, young lover. Whoever you are, 
Ah, <laughs> oh, Pepe Le Pew. Poor Pepe. He's just struggling with... I understand the, they're also getting rid of the... Um, oh, there was a little... Um, I can't think of his name. Mexican character that they're also getting rid of. Um, Speedy s- Gonzalez? Speedy Gonzalez. That's it. There was a big hit by Pat Boone in 1963-64, Speedy Gonzalez. Than, you are on the mark. Thanks for calling in. I, I just don't believe what I'm hearing this morning. Uh, in the first place, uh, Joseph called up and condemned cancel culture, which <clears throat> I'm not even sure what is, <clears throat> excuse me, and then told me that if we didn't do what we were supposed to, God was going to cancel us. I guess that's where we learned that kind of killing but, uh, I think he made yeah, reference to the lake of fire. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty that, The ultimate came. cancellation, I believe. Ultimate cancellation. Yeah, that was a funny sort of a thing. But also, uh, you have no idea what you're talking about with Dr. Seuss. <laughs> he hasn't been canceled. He hasn't been banned. The company that makes him, called something like the Dr. Seuss Corporation, it was pointed out to them that he had some kind of 1930s racist stuff in the cartoons. And the company said, you know what, we ought to do something about that. That's responsible, not canceling, not banning. All of those words you use, Joe, you know that they're wrong, and Fox (laughs) News tells you to use them. Well, let me ask you how far you'd go, Than. Let me ask you how far you'd go. Should we destroy all the old 1930s and 40 movies where black, black people were portrayed as bumblers and frightened of everything? Should we get rid of those, or should we give them context? We should give them context. Then why not give Dr. Seuss and his publications context instead of saying we're not going to publish the books anymore? What I'm saying, Joe, is that you are saying they're banned, and they're not. I didn't say they were banned. I said they weren't being sold anymore, which is, in effect, banning them. You've said banned. You've said censored. You've said cancel culture. Joseph followed you right down that same hole. Well, at least we're not in the lake of fire yet. No, that's good, because I guess God's cancel culture is better than our cancel culture. Listen, I I think that any time, and and I always thought you were a big believer in free speech and ideas and thoughts, and I I always believed that Than Mitchell I knew would be a guy who, like me, would said, all right, don't take it off the shelves, don't do anything to it, but give it context. Let people understand that that at the time it was was. different. All right, so then you're with me. You don't think they should stop publishing those books. They should publish them and put context in them uh you realize that stopping publishing a book is not banning it i guess you what is it then then if it is not banning it what is it it's not available i can't get it well, the family can add that context later it just means that it's not available at the moment but that's a private organization it's not like the government is saying okay you can no longer look at this these are private individuals okay. they've looked at themselves and said look this is out of context at the moment so we're not going to sell these but later we can alter them slightly or add the context or you know do whatever they want to but that's a private group it's not not a whole societal movement. Well, look at the Disney organization. I mentioned this before. The movie Song of the South. James Basket gave one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. The black people were the heroes, but because the people coming back from work in the fields were singing and happy, there was something wrong with it. It had to be banned. It doesn't have to be banned. It, it is was- banned. The Disney company pulled it out. They won't sell it. They won't release it. 
Well, that's okay. a private company. That's their prerogative. Private company coming to a solution. Okay. Well, then, Than, where were you? Where were you? Where were you when the private company didn't want to sell a cake to a gay couple? Seems to me you, you were on the other side of that issue. You were on the other side of that issue. Now it's a private company that has a civic responsibility to sell that cake. What tells you that I was on the other side of that? Discussion? You did. You called the program and said that they should be forced to sell. Oh, the he cake. never did, Joe. Yes, You're making did. that no, up. No, I didn't, Joe. That, that uh, apparently you heard that on one of your favorite networks, a little to the right of Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's uh, what happened. All right, thank you, so Than. We got another caller waiting, so we got to stay on schedule here. Fun to joust with you, buddy. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you later. I'm glad we're both shot up. Okay. <laughs> Take care, Sam. <laughs> so Dan. to speak. All right. Yeah. Uh, we're shot up, but not shot yet. Shot up with a... Uh, COVID virus. Uh, or vaccine. <laughs> not virus. Vaccine. All right. Stan from Danville, thank you so much for calling in to tell us that Kamala Harris should speak out. As vice president of the U.S., we need her opinion, right? Well, she is a hypocrite. So, I mean, wasn't she going after... Uh, Joey for, uh, you know, Joey Biden for uh, sexual harassment with uh, Tara Reid. Right. You know, during the, during the primaries. And then all of a sudden that disappeared when she got number two position. Well, is Wasn't that she not, also called him a racist and a segregationist? Is that, is that a critical job of the vice president, though, to, to point out issues of the governor of New York? I'm just asking. Maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the vice president is supposed to keep an eye on all the governors around the U.S. I, I, I haven't seen that in the Constitution. Public person. Someone in a position of government authority does something bad. She mm-hmm. commented on mm-hmm. it once mm-hmm. when it was Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Now she signed. Yeah, when she was a U.S. senator and was uh, helping determine that's his that's fate. That doesn't matter. She's in a position of power. She should, you know, she's going to she be the moral out. authority for everybody else. I'm sure she had something to say about Trump and his supposed dalliances. Oh, well, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Yeah, so, uh, and she still has stuff to say about Trump because he's living rent-free in her mind. It's a wonderful thing to watch, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, you I, know, I it's, it's, you know, the hypocrisy of this, these people is, is you know, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, it, I don't understand. You know, as far as Dr. Seuss, you know, the, what, it, what how do you put it, Joe, the context of the times? Right. Yep, that's You know, what... he, was, he was anti-Nazi, anti you know, he was pro-America, uh, pro-allied uh, during the war. He did all kinds of cartoons for that. So, of course, maybe his pictures will bend one way when it starts describing, uh, you know, the, the, Asian, the Asian people. But, you know, as far as a pointed hat, well, I've seen lots of photographs with those, then, and they weren't drawings. So are you telling me that they didn't wear those kind of hats? All you have to do is look at the pictures of the people brought over from China to build our American railroads in the 1850s. Exactly. That's the kind of hats they wore, right or wrong. Well, it's not wrong. I mean, it is what it is. That's what they wore. That's <laughs> so what they wore. So if you draw a picture depicting an Asian person with that, and I don't know what, you know, those particular books, Dr. Seuss books, I don't know if I've ever seen them. What I've seen certain ones, and I've read certain ones. I find them kind of tedious reading them, so I don't. You know, even with the kids, they were kind of tedious. But One of our good listeners sends a note saying it was okay in the 1980s when Saturday Night Live did a skit. Uh, The Continental was Christopher Walken, the epitome of Pepe Le Pew, right down to the accent, the kissy-feely blocking the door when the woman tried to leave. That was (laughs) funny then, just like the cartoon. (laughs) 
Right. Well, uh, you know, I was never a Pepe Le Pew fan watching the cartoons, neither. I, I kind of find that oh. it got tiring after a while. Oh, but, you know, listening. Speedy Gonzalez, I always enjoyed Speedy. But now they're trying <laughs> Everybody to, did. You know, and Wonder Dog, what are they going to do about Wonder Dog, you know? You know, they're, they're well, portraying a dog. Wonder you know? Dog? Underdog. Wonder, yeah. Underdog. Yeah, what, underdog. Is he next? Underdog. underdog. I don't know. Well, I believe he's somewhere eating his own... <laughs> Whatever Joseph it's, said, vomit. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just uh, insanity, the stuff that's going on. Oh you know, gosh. because they don't like we something that right. happened 40, 50 years ago. Well, it is what it is. Things have changed. All right, we, get over it. If we tear everything down, if we hide everything, there was an editorial this morning in the, the Daily Item, uh, which they don't print the paper on Monday, so maybe not as many people will see it. But it was a fairly good editorial. But in effect, it took those of us who believe this this is wrong to task because of what we we don't agree with them about these drawings. Now, there's a uh, they pointed out there's a, black, a drawing of black people wearing grass skirts and having their hair tied up. Now, that would be offensive if it was referred to people here in this country. But if it was in context for the historical time when that happened, then it's not. All right, thank exactly. you. Exactly. Stan, we got to get another caller on the line for a quick minute. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Stan. All right, really, really, thank really you, appreciate buddy. it. All right, Demos, yeah. you got 60 seconds. Go. Okay, I want to make some comments with uh, for the governors uh, New York, New Jersey, California, Michigan. You think they win the competition of the euthanasia and uh, genocide of the old people of uh, nursery, uh, nursery homes? You're talking about the, the governors putting the people with COVID in nursing homes again and them dying? You remember the Dr. Kabokian uh, euthanized them and, uh, you know, you think those governors uh, do that to euthanize the old people in uh, nursery homes? What should they have done? I don't know. You know, this is too many people die in the nursery home in New York, especially the uh, Governor Guomo. Right. Maybe we should call him Governor Kavorkian. Yeah, but the, 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 <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. You know. Kavorkian was all about suicide, not assisted. The nurse, nurse of the death, you remember the kill the patients in the, in the hospital? All right, we got you. Hey, Demos, we got a scoot. Uh, call back later. Thank you so much. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WK, OK, Sunbury, 9 a.m. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the Mark, I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is across from me. He'll be weighing in throughout the next hour as we we're going to enjoy open phones soon. First, we're going to do uh, the... Uh, news headlines. Then we will interview Leonard Steinhardt again from American University. And so we're glad to say that particular CBS News correspondent is going to be back on the line. He knows quite a bit about the goings-on in the world right now. We can talk to him about Governor Cuomo and the stimulus package and the COVID pandemic as well. We'll probably start out talking about uh, Governor Cuomo. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. In the news, fire destroyed a barn in Northumberland County over the weekend.
And there were no injuries among the volunteers from Montour and Northumberland County who responded to the blaze. The 2 a.m. fire was on S and H Avenue in Riverside. Volunteers were on the scene Sunday morning, then called back to a rekindle Sunday afternoon. Again, no injuries during the second firefight or among the occupants who were in that barn when it first caught fire at uh, the uh, early morning hours Sunday. The acting Secretary of Health in Pennsylvania, Allison Beams, says uh, we'll still be masking in the future despite uh, some states are ending, ending their mandatory masking requirements. At this time, mask wearing is abundantly important. We have to keep Pennsylvania safe while we progress through this rollout so that we don't have to go back into mitigation efforts. And we're still making sure that that's one of the mitigation measures that is preserved. Allison Beam says the state is already making good progress and it's likely the state will continue incrementally increasing gathering sizes through the spring while keeping the mask mandate. U.S. Senators Pat Toomey and Robert Casey both responded to the passage of the $1.9 trillion spending bill over the weekend in the U.S. Senate. That bill now goes back to the House. Uh, Senator Toomey, a Republican, said uh, the Democrats just rammed through a wasteful $1.9 trillion bill on a Strictly partisan vote. Senator Casey says now the country's one step closer to putting the virus behind us. He supported the bill. You can read more about their remarks at WKOK.com. And today is International Women's Day, and to celebrate, Mattel has introduced an Eleanor Roosevelt doll to its inspiring women series. Mrs. Roosevelt was the longest serving first lady in America and redefined the role of women in politics and public life. She was well known for her efforts promoting civic and economic rights. Okay. Okay. Now you know. Uh, we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to Leonard Steinhorn. He's a CBS News correspondent. He's also an author, a, an analyst, and professor of communication and an affiliate professor of history at American University. And he's now on line one. Good morning, Professor. Thank you so much for calling in today. Good morning. Hey. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate that. Let's start out with Governor Cuomo. At what point uh, does the irony of the Me Too movement sort of stopping at the state house in New York State get to too much pressure? You know, when do we have? Does there have to be a change in Albany? Well, look, right now, uh, unless he's impeached, it would be hard to get him out if he refuses to resign. So even if more people come forth and say that he conducted this behavior and was inappropriate and pressured people and used the power of his office to force people to do things, or at least to insinuate that they ought to, um, the more people that come out, the more he ought to sort of look in the mirror and say, this is over, I've lost my credibility, I've lost my ability to you know, persuade people. You know, Democrats as well as Republicans are jumping ship and not supporting me. I should leave and let the state do its business without me. But if he chooses to stay on, I mean, this could be his strategy. It's sort of rope-a-dope. Take as many, as much punishment as you can, and hopefully he's still standing afterwards. I think the model for what he's doing, but it's completely different, is what happened in Virginia right. with Governor Ralph Northam and those uh, uh, terrible blackface photos for when he was in medical school. Um, but there weren't more of those photos and more evidence that came up to suggest anything beyond that incident. And what Northam did is he waited it out 
and he sort of made racial justice a priority of his administration. So, but who knows what Cuomo can do on this because he's already been very strong on Me Too and rhetoric. But the problem isn't rhetoric. The problem is behavior. What, a, what about prominent Democrats who were just livid when uh, an accuser came forth for Brett Kavanaugh from his high school days? Here they have five people who appear to be credible to me who are talking about what the governor did maybe last week. And they're, and they're, they're not, you know, they're really, the president won't comment on it. He won't go back on his comment that this is the gold standard of uh, governorship. You know, isn't this hypocrisy, Leonard? Well, I think everyone's really angry about it. The question is what you do with it. I mean, with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, um, they actually had a witness come forth, and this is a lifetime appointment. So this is something that you really can't undo unless you impeach a Supreme Court justice, which doesn't happen. Um, This is somebody who's basically, his term ends at a certain point, and voters can vote him out. But people are angry about it. Look, the top state senator in the Democratic Party has called on him to resign. Uh, you've had members of Congress calling on him to resign. You know, other people say this is very, very, very troubling. This is wrong. Um, you know, there's going to be an investigation by the state attorney's general office and let that investigation take place. And in fact, with Brett Kavanaugh, what they did is they voted to make sure that the FBI would investigate it, even though some Democrats felt that the FBI investigation was too pro forma and didn't do enough sort of research, um, it was still a vote to investigate something like that. And when the investigation came through and said that there wasn't enough clear evidence, it was very hard uh, for the Democrats to persuade any Republicans with Brett Kavanaugh that he shouldn't be confirmed to a lifetime appointment. But I don't think anyone's sort of happy with Cuomo on this. There's a lot of discontent. And look, you know, this just isn't right now. When he was Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, um, there are all sorts of stories that I used to hear way back in the 1990s that he was a very tough boss. He could be insulting and dismissive and make people feel small, and it wasn't a very fun place to work. So this isn't just about Me Too. This is about creating a toxic workplace all over. Nobody's really defending him right now. He's the only one standing up for himself. Uh, Everyone's trying to distance themselves from him. The question is, what at this point can you do beyond asking him to resign? Well, of the two scandals, this one and the one involving the nursing home deaths, undercounting or apparently lying about the results, which one do you think is going to have the greater legs? Well, that's a good question. In sort of the media, Me Too will, um, and in some ways it ought to, because nobody should create a toxic workplace, and nobody should abuse their power over the people working for them, and nobody should suggest that, uh, you know, uh, an employee should be involved in a relationship with them, or nobody should inappropriately touch or kiss somebody. That's really bad. But the nursing home thing suggests a completely different abuse of power, which is to hide information to be able to enact a policy um, uh, that ultimately put people's lives at risk. Um, and also, it's, it's, it's to you know, not be transparent in a way that maybe made his public image seem better on all of what he was doing in COVID. I mean, look, there were good things that he did on COVID. He did hold regular and well-informed and rational briefings. You don't want to take that away from him. So you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as the expression goes. Um, but that nursing home thing really was sort of, again, an abuse of power that could have had an impact on people's you know, sort of lives and, and whether they stayed alive. So, um, you know, in the long run, that probably had the most palpable and tangible damage. 
But again, how do you quantify anything like this when somebody creates a toxic workplace and makes the lives of his employees really feel uncomfortable? Both of them are not good. And I think both of them ought to be fully investigated. And in the long run, if he, you know, if his behavior and if his actions can't sort of stand up under the light of scrutiny, then he really should resign. Um, he has lost the trust and the confidence of the people. How do you serve as a governor when that's the case? But if for some reason and somehow he's completely exonerated, um, which the evidence doesn't seem to suggest, you know, then he could argue along the lines of Donald Trump that it was sort of a media witch hunt gone wild. I don't think that's the case because typically when there's a bit of smoke, there's often fire. Describe this uh, junction that we're at, maybe a major pivot point in U.S. history. Uh, is this, you're a history professor also, so does, is it common to have so many interconnected history-making moments occurring at the same time related to the pandemic, related to Me Too, related to the governor, uh, you know, related to uh, the former president, uh, Trump, uh, you know, not being elected but sticking around in history, uh, Related to the, another stimulus package, you know, it, 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 tell me about what a, a major moment in history this is. Well, look, we are living through, still living through, even though we're recovering and vaccines are out there, a once-in-a-century pandemic that has killed in this country more than half a million people worldwide, millions of people. Um, historical, even if none of this other stuff were taking place. Um, so we have to keep that in mind, that we're living through a most unusual moment. But look, we've lived through most unusual moments in you know years and decades past. I mean, you think about the Great, Recession, uh, Great Depression in the 1930s leading up to World War II. That was historical. You think about everything that happened in the 1960s. So, you know, but where we are today, uh, the past is really a prologue because the Me Too women, women's movement, you know, isn't just something that happened today. It began with the push for women's rights, particularly in the 1960s, um, where women were basically saying, I'm not going to put up with power imbalances anymore. Those shouldn't exist in a society in which I feel like I have to sort of prove myself constantly or deal with abusive bosses or not be able to get promoted simply because of my gender and have to deal with toxic workplaces just because I'm a woman and the boss wants to do something with me. That has got to go, but that's been decades in the making. Thankfully, you know, people are addressing this because half the population shouldn't have to live um, with any form of abuse by anybody in a workplace and should have full and equal rights. So you begin to see that, yes, we're living in this historic moment, particularly because of a once-in-a-century pandemic. But all of these issues, civil rights flowing into the George Floyd trial, which begins today, you know, uh, sort of the women's movement in the 60s flowing in to the Me Too movement today. So the past is really a prologue to what we're dealing with the present, and everything we're doing today really has the past written into it. So uh, it's historic, um, but it's all part of the flow of history. And who knows where we'll be 20 years from now based on the things that are happening in America today. You think about Donald Trump's presidency and some of the forces that he unleashed uh, and some of the ways that he's changed politics. How will that impact us 10, 15, 20 years from now? We just don't know that. But you have to understand that the changes that took place today 
are going to have an impact on future generations. Well, this ultra division that we're enjoying right now, have we ever had that in the past where the country is just so bitterly divided? I mean, we absolutely positively can't hear anything that the other side has to say. We had a civil war for that issue. Well, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think part of the problem right now is that we're living in sort of different media universes. And so, you know, it's that old Paul Simon song uh, from Simon and Garfunkel, the boxer, a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. Um, but you can only hear what you want to hear in a media environment in which you can choose whichever platforms you want that confirm your biases. I think the best thing Americans could do is to start reading things from people on the other side of the political spectrum and, and immersing in it and not just constantly attacking it or defending them, their own views against uh, sort of evidence that may be to the contrary. I think we really need to have those discussions. But look, let's also realize this. We're not in a civil war, which we were in the 1860s. In the 1960s, we had you know people at each other at each other's throats on Vietnam. You know we had sort of people in the streets burning down cities. We had uh, what the uh, commission called a police riot in Chicago at the Democratic Convention in 1968. Uh, we had stark divisions in those years. We had George Wallace, a segregationist, running for president. Um, you know, winning uh, what was it, uh, five states and, yeah. uh, and over 40 electoral college votes. Um, so, you know, yes, we are at odds with each other. We're not listening to each other. We're not talking with each other. Uh, politics is especially, you know, toxic and divided and polarized in Washington, D.C. You have state legislatures that are going on their own way without regard to what the other party or, or maybe 49% of the population in those states feels. So I do think it's a very, very difficult and polarized moment in our history. But it's not that we haven't been there before. The question is how we begin to pull ourselves out of it and whether there are leaders in place or whether there's a desire in our culture to deal with this or whether we can figure out a way to deal with this sort of media polarization um, uh, that we have, which simply confirms people's biases and then sort of gives them what they believe is evidence to suggest that the other side is wrong, the other side is evil, uh, and the other side doesn't have any value. So somehow we as a culture have to deal with this, but I agree with you. We are at a very, very uncomfortable moment, but it's not that we haven't been in places like this before. Amen. You're a history professor. I was a history major in college, so I guess we both have a love of history. So I've got to ask you this question. The cancel culture today and all of the things we're trying to get rid of and bury, are we better off burying them or do we give them context and let them out in the open with that context? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I think the Dr. Seuss thing is sort of interesting because, um, you know, people are still going to read Dr. Seuss. I don't think uh, people are suggesting you don't read all of his other books. Um, it was the family that basically looked at these books, which weren't selling, and said there's really no reason to publish them anymore. And then when you think about it, publishers are not publishing every book that they've ever published by any particular author. Books are out of print books basically sit in the library unused. Um, so um, I think to some extent there's a bit more being made out of this for, I think, media and partisan purposes than there ought to be. But I do say this, uh, you know, people ought to be feel comfortable 
to be able to air their views uh, without feeling like any sort of deviation from whatever it happens to be should be punished. That's the case on the left. You see that on some college campuses. It's the case on the right when you see politicians being censured for voting to impeach uh, Donald Trump. So I think we've sort of got to get out of the zone where people, you know, are should be able to sort of go and express their views based on, you know, evidence and reason and rationality um, and be respected for it and not sort of be, you know, not sort of being isolated or shunned or in the phrase canceled for any reason like that. We've got to get to the point where, yes, we need to get to better values in our society that sort of uh, uh, respect racial diversity, that respect the rights of women, that respect ethnic diversity, that respect religious diversity in all forms and fashions. But we can't get there to a, to a place of humanizing people when we dehumanize anybody who disagrees with us. And I think that's, again, a bad space that we're in and a function of our very polarized environment and also a function of social media where somebody might say something and all of a sudden it blows up on social media and uh, everyone's talking about that and, and it's very, very hard to sort of get your reputation back once you've been smeared by you know, thousands of tweets and, and posts that go viral. So I do think we have to get to a space where um, people need to be able to say, hey, I'm thinking this. It may be differently, for, uh, different from what my pr friends are thinking. This is why I'm thinking about it. But my values are still with you. I just think we need to go there a different way. That shouldn't be canceled. That should be embraced because the bottom line is together we need to get there toward those values we all want to respect and everyone says they respect. Um, but, you know, we have to respect different people's paths to getting there. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yes, Very much appreciate. You. Always appreciate the access and and your insights. Uh, feel free to dial us, us up anytime you're feeling you want to weigh in on these important topics on on the mark. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much. Great questions. Take thank care. You. Appreciate that, uh, Leonard Steinhorn, uh, CBS News correspondent, uh, a professor of history and communications at American University, author of the book The Greater Generation in Defense of the Baby Boom Legacy. See, that might be a good read for you, Joe. We might have to. Father's Day is right around the corner, so we'll have to, <laughs> have to think about that. Thank you, Sonny. Another book for you to read. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WK. Okay, Sunbury, we're going to open up the phones 1 800 795 9565. We've got some texts, so we can read those on the radio. And uh, uh, no pending emails at the moment. What do you know? Well, we'll check the email basket when we come back. But mostly, we'll go to the telephone 1 800 795 9565. We're talking about Governor Cuomo and his legacy and the cancel culture. Folks, uh, the Republicans want to cancel Governor Cuomo. So Joe's. Uh, Pepe Le Pew. Don't forget Pepe uh, Le Pew. Right. So he's in hot water, and uh, Dr. Zeus is throwing down his thunderbolts. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. We've got some callers standing by on the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. At our next break, I'm going to tell you about the Sunbury Motors Mustang that I drove. It's the E-Mock Mustang. It's all electric, too. So it was quite the vehicle. So we'll talk about that. Toll-free line has one line open right now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com, or you can text us at 70236. We would just... Just to love to hear from you today. Got a great text today from Stan who said, Cuomo had good and informative news conferences on COVID? Really? He sat there and whined about the feds not doing enough for New York. I guess a hospital ship and a field hospital in the Javits Center weren't enough, which, of course, they barely utilized. In his news conference, he said the feds didn't give New York enough ventilators. But the state failed to keep their own stockpile for any possible need. Cuomo's as big a disgrace as President Biden, says Stan. So thank you for that. You can join us in queue on the uh, text line. Also, one of the listeners says, Democrats are for helping the American people. Thanks, says Bob. All right, we go to uh, Dan is on line one talking about cancel culture. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, I'm sort of commenting on the earlier call. You know, none of us are canceled to the lake of fire as long as we're on this side of eternity. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you don't need to go to the lake of fire. You can be saved by our precious Savior who shed his blood on the cross that would wash away every sin you ever committed, ever will commit. And you can go to the heaven by believing in Christ as your Savior. All right, but what does that have to do with Dr. Seuss or Pepe Le Pew? What's that have to do with Dr. Seuss or Pepe Le Pew, you know? Everything. Really? It doesn't tie it together then. When you can't express what the truth is, and every person listening to me can be saved. They don't need to go to the lake of fire. They can trust in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. But Dan, some people don't believe. Some people life. don't believe that. Some people don't believe there is a God. Some people don't it's believe there is a Savior. Because they could have a great life. Maybe they are having they could one. They have a wonderful life here and in the hereafter. They would have. At pleasures of plenty instead of the lake of fire. What if you don't believe in the lake of fire? And uh, so many people you're don't. In bad, you're in bad, bad shape. Well, that's your view, but other people don't share that view. That's the point, that not everybody's going to believe the same thing in this country, and that's their right. If they're going down the wrong path, we'll all have to answer when we, go, when we pass away. You know, we're going to have to justify our actions some way or another. 
we can have our judgment done here by the Savior, or we have to face him in eternity without him being our Savior. We have to face him as our judge, and I'd hate to have him as my judge on that side of eternity because every sin I ever thought of or ever did, they'll have a, he'll know exactly why I did it, and I did it, and I'm guilty. Where on this side of eternity, I can have my sins all forgiven, past, present, and future, and I don't need to face them because he took my judgment for me, which I don't deserve. I'm no better than anybody else, but I put my faith in him as my Lord and Savior. All right. And that's the good news. All right, that's we got what you. Mark, you mentioned. That's <laughs> good news. That's right. That I can be forgiven forever. Doesn't have anything to do with the governor or Dr. Seuss, but we appreciate the that message. Is, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, right. it doesn't I really, you. Dan, but All right. you're Thank you so much. Opinion. Really appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see. That takes us to line two. two. Who is? Frank from Sealands Grove. You're on the mark, Frank. Oh, thank you so much for calling uh, in, Frank. Yeah, thank you. Um, Mr. Steinhorn there was talking about, like, the media division and, and uh, briefly, he was I thank him for his perspective, and I think everybody needs a little perspective on this. Uh, it's good to have a historical perspective and a long-term view. But <clears throat> he thought he was saying, like, what he thought maybe part of the solution was that you should read things from the other side. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's sort of part of it. But I've done that. I've read stuff I don't agree with. But the problem is the people that are writing it are still locked into their partisan or... or one-sided view. Um, I think part of the solution is I, w I wish these reporters, you know, in general, and news reporting for the most part, uh, would would stick to the who, what, where, when, why, and how. I mean, I learned that fourth grade when we learned to, like, you know, report a story or something. That's You stick to the facts. And I think news doesn't do that. They do too much of... Uh, for example, he said, she said, like, they'll just report his news what something said, but without uh, analyzing it or asking more questions. Or somebody says one thing, so then they run over to the other person, ask them what they think about it. Well, that's not really news. Uh, that's just more opinion. Uh, so I just, you know, I think that would go a long way to clearing things up if they would uh, stick to facts. And then maybe have some more debates, like real debates, where you pick a topic, a topic and you limit it to that topic and you give each side five or ten minutes uh, to explain it. I think that would help a lot. Well, that would be civil dialogue with informed response and a narrow focus and no name-calling and no disparaging remarks. And, uh, I mean, I think we probably could do that in uh, in elementary school. But by the time <laughs> we get pretty mouthy as Americans, let's just leave it at that. Well, I mean, so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and why is that? I mean, why can't we have some debates, even at the local level? I think... Uh, uh, I, I, if maybe I'm missing it, but I hardly ever see it. I think one time I went to a thing at uh, the theater in Lewisburg that the conservative uh, organization had it, and they had two guys up there, uh, one a liberal and, and one a conservative, but 
Uh, and it was kind of like that, but really they each just put in their own viewpoint and didn't really uh, have a moderated debate on it. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I wonder why we can't do more of that. Or, or, and certainly at the political level, why can't they clean up these stupid uh, debates where they're not debates, it's just each guy gets his talking points in and then they argue. Uh, that, those are nauseating and very hard to watch. Well, I think that one of the worst things, and I've said this so many times in the program, I'll say it one more time because you touch on the subject, the biggest thing that ever went wrong with the media was when they blurred the lines between news and commentary. Yeah. And the days when Walter Cronkite was the most trusted man in America, uh, were, he was he gained that reputation because he reported the news fairly and accurately, and he didn't comment on it. And when he did comment on something, when he did do a story, as he did about the Vietnam War, it was outside the news program, and it was clearly labeled as his commentary and his opinion. Right. Do you think we can ever get back to that? <laughs> Not with 24-hour-a-day news cycles where the people, you know, in Fox, MSNBC, and CNN are all the same, where you have a news program followed by commentary and people who comment on the news during the program. You know, so you, you, you don't, you can't, you never got a time to sit back and hear the unvarnished facts of what's going on and then draw your own conclusions. You're immediately told how you should feel based on whatever network you're watching. If it's MSNBC or CNN, you're given the left slant. If it's Fox, you're given a right slant. And Frank, I think it's taken us uh, 20 or 30 or 40 years to get where we are. So we would need to undo that. We would have to start out with uh, how parents raise kids and teach kids and how school teach uh, discussion and dialogue. When you went through school, you and I uh, learned how to debate and to listen, and then we, we learned how to, to hear what people who don't agree with us or people who we were debating had to say, because if you were going to refute what they said, it had to be specifically on point. You know, it had to be almost like in a courtroom where you can't bring up new topics. You have to actually refute what somebody actually said. You have to listen to their viewpoint rather than just uh, just saying, you know, whatever you want to. So, uh, you know, it's it will. I, I think you have a great idea. I think anything would be a fabulous start. That debate that was held, uh, the discussion that was held by the conservatives was wonderful, and uh, but I, th- I think it's going to take us twenty to forty years to climb back out of this abyss. Well, and it's because in. I agree with you totally because it's, it depends on a lot, a lot on the education system, which is uh, seems to be failing us. Well, yeah. Hey, how about this, Frank? My good co-host will tell you that history and civics lessons aren't what they used to be in school. Could this be the one of the symptoms of that? You know, that's the disease, the lack of education. Could this be one of the symptoms? I, I think so. And um, what I think the one of the uh, reasons for public education isn't so uh, kids can feel good about themselves or, or whatever, but, but part of it so they can be responsible citizens, and I don't think that's happening. Oh, yeah, including actual listening debates instead of just uh, barking at each other. Thank you so much, Frank. Yeah, thanks, Wonderful Frank. to Appreciate have you on board, call. really. Thank you for call calling again. 1-800-795-9565 our telephone number. Let me tell you what I did last Friday afternoon. Oh, pray uh, tell. Do tell me. I covered a 2021 Mustang Mach 1 uh, Mach-E premium with a thick 
plastic cover and sat in the seat and drove it. It is 100% electric. It's battery powered. Had about uh, 250 or 260 horsepower, uh, but it just takes off like a, on a dime. It is just crazy. Has a single speed transmission, so there is no shifting of it. You just uh, turn it on. When you take it out of park, it's ready to go. It just has one gear drive forward, and the electric motor does the rest. You can go about 270 no miles. reverse? Uh, it has a reverse, okay, sure. Okay, you said just one direction uh, forward. Uh, I was <laughs> wanted to make sure there was reverse. Yeah, you have to go only go places. It's like a big, big, long truck. You can only go in places where you can go straight back out. But anyway, it uh, goes 270 miles on a single charge, and it is just a blast to drive. It is quiet as a mouse, but you can turn the noise on so that it makes a noise so you don't run into anybody that's walking along the road. But it is just a fabulous car. Took it out Mile Hill Drive and back, and then threw out the little plastic cover that they put on the steering wheel and the seat for me. And this is a great vehicle. It's down at the Sunbury Motor Company. Fifty-six grand for you to go all electric and to join the proper generation. Now, I didn't test this, uh, but the spec sheet says it goes 0 to 60 in 4.8 seconds. So that is just super vehicle. And, uh, of course, it doesn't get any miles to the gallon. It doesn't use any gasoline. So I'll tell you more about this in the week ahead, but it was wonderful to talk to Kyle and uh, drive around the Mustang Mach-E Mustang last week. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, we got a couple of listeners waiting. Uh, Tom is in Sunbury on line three. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Yeah, the other day, Joe was talking about the great job that Governor DeSantis was doing. Well, he is doing a good job for his rich people, I guess. <laughs> I know if you heard that... Uh, the richest, the richest place in Florida, down in the Florida Keys. Everybody was vaccinated down there in January. Oh, in everybody the wealthy down areas. There, everybody, they're all, they're the richest people in Florida. They give, they give a lot of money to the Republican Party. And uh, of course, Governor DeSantis says, "Well, I don't know nothing about that. It was just a coincidence." And, of course, you well, don't believe there him. There you go. Maybe, maybe they ought to get rid of Governor DeSantis, too. And, of course, you don't believe him. In fact, he said it was a, not something he did. You just don't believe him because he's oh, a Republican. I'm sure, I'm sure it was just a coincidence. It's, it's just a coincidence that the richest people in Florida that give to the Republican Party got <laughs> vaccinated. It's just, a, it's just a coincidence. I mean, everybody would believe that. Everybody. So if the poorest people in Chicago were the first ones to get it, you would believe that was a coincidence and not the work of the of the mayor? <laughs> I don't know. You're bringing up something that you're trying to get off of the subject. No, you're, no, you're making happened. it political. You're making we're it political. About Governor DeSantis and what he did. The good news That's is, what we're talking about. the good news is, people got vaccinated. That's what we're talking about, Joe. That's what we're talking about. Right. The good news is, people got vaccinated. But you're upset so that you're, the you're okay with it. I, I'm upset if anybody doesn't get vaccinated. I don't care who oh, so, gets so vaccinated. You're okay, with, you're okay with his rich friends that give him all the money get vaccinated first. You're okay with that? I don't care whether they got vaccinated first or last. Uh, as long no, now, okay, let me finish. Okay, let me fit. Let me finish. And let me finish. I don't care who got vaccinated first as long as everybody gets vaccinated in a timely fashion. It doesn't matter so to me who gets at? first, huh? I see right where you're at. Right. right. <laughs> All right, I Tom, anything right else? Where you're at now. Another thing, the other day you were arguing with me about that, that the cupboard wasn't left bare for, for uh, Biden. <laughs> right. 
Okay, I agree with you. It wasn't left bare. But it was like this. There was 200 kids that needed fed. They opened up the cupboard. There were three cans of Spam in there. There was two bottles of Diet Coke. And there was one bottle of, uh, one box of Fig Newtons open with three Fig Newtons in it. So no, it wasn't, so no, it wasn't empty, but there wasn't much in it. So I agree with you. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for checking in. Oh, well, and I, another thing, Biden's doing a great job. And I, anybody don't want their dollars let me know. Yeah, well, all the billions of dollars that weren't spent already, now we're adding another trillion. You, you complained about uh, Trump yeah, raising yeah, national we debt. we added $2 trillion that we gave to the rich. You didn't mind that when they gave $2 trillion to the we rich We didn't people. give $2 trillion to the rich. We cut taxes. We didn't give them anything. Yeah, now we're giving yeah. them a trillion. <laughs> I think it was pretty much a giveaway. Now we're, giving them, now we're giving them a trillion, and our great-great-grandchildren... And what did they do? They bought, and what did they do? They bought their, they bought their stocks back. You know how much money this is costing well, every really individual American? Then when they bought their stocks back, that really was a good deal. Hey, Tom, divide the cost of this package into the population of the American people into it and discover how much we're costing that, every that single this person. This money is for the people that deserve it, not, oh. for, the, not oh, for the people okay. at the top right. that don't need it. So the people in the, you, the, the states who, are, who messed up their pension plans, they deserve it. Thank you so and much. And uh, what is it, $150 million for the arts and entertainment? Oh, this is really COVID-related. Mike from Bloomsburg, you are on the floor. You have the floor. You might be on the floor, but you have the floor. Go right ahead. Good morning, men. Morning. Uh, if, you, if you bear with me, I just want to tell a little story. I uh, I worked in an environment that was very unusual. We were all hired basically in our uh, mid-20s to maybe 30 or so. It was all male, uh, all a very sheltered environment. And we all worked there, very stable work environment, and we pretty much worked our whole careers there. But then towards the end, some of the older guys you know started to retire and new new people had to come in and again in the beginning it was all men and it, it seemed like they spoke a different language than we did and uh you know they would the young kids would kind of laugh at us and say look it up on urban dictionary <laughs> and i said what they said urban dictionary you never heard of it and i said no i mean it's basically a dictionary where anything goes okay i mean you can find any type of sexual proclivity uh, in there. You can find uh, a words definition. To it's not instruction. It's, it's definitions of things on this page, not instruction yeah. or something like that. Well, the right. definition yeah, yeah, would tend to right. be an instruction. Well, no, I mean the, the definition is you know pretty well written in a lot of cases. But to make my point is, I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. It, it is, you know, you're not going to find it in your uh, local library. Okay, I mean on the shelf. Well, over the weekend, I heard that, uh, and again, let's, let's, I'm going to shift gears. People always accuse me of being a member of QAnon, and I had never heard of it. I wouldn't know where to find it, what it was, whether it was a place, a thing, a, a people, or what. And uh, so finally, I, I started, I Googled it, and I looked at it, and I said, well, this is nothing I'm interested in. Well, it basically was designed to mock people, okay? Mock people that were conservative. And again, there's, you know, if you take half the population and they're conservative, there's going to be some wackos. And if you do the same thing with the liberals, there's going to be some wackos. So there were some wackos in QAnon. Well, someone came up with a thing called Blue Anon, okay? Blue Anon was for the, uh, to mock the liberals that believed in their conspiracy theories. And lo and behold, that website 
Urban Dictionary saw it fit to delete QAnon from its dictionary, I mean, Blueanon. Now, I mean, why would you censor, you know, I mean, with all the trash that you see in there, you decide to censor something that makes fun of liberals. And I think that guy that was on there uh, before you, the professor, I think he kind of brushed over the censorship thing. I think we're on a slippery slope, okay? We're living in a society where anything goes, or so they say anything goes, but it has to conform to the leftist liberal Democrat agenda. Then anything goes. But they will go ahead and censor stuff on the right. They will attack the right. They will, uh, uh, us too. They, you know, basically, if you're a conservative, you're, you're in the us too group. And, and I, I think that we're, you know, you're, one caller said we should have good discussions, you know, open-minded discussions. Well, you know what, when the news is 95% of, uh, in my mind, again, and you may call that uh, uh, conservative bias, but I believe the mainstream media news is basically 90 to 95% liberal. I, I don't think we're living in an open and balanced society. And Mark, this is the last thing I'm gonna say, you said that you know this will turn around in you know 20 to 40 years. I don't know if it will. I think we are at a turning point. They call it the, uh, the Great Reset. And it could happen that you know we could never see anything but one-party rule. We could have the thought police. Now I'm not a big reader. I, I never was a good reader. Yeah, uh, we got to move on here. Everybody started to talk about but, 1984. Uh, I didn't. I didn't say true. that it will end in 20 or 40 years. I said it could end, but we have to work on it. We would have to make that happen, just as we've made ourselves uh, fall into this abyss we're in now. We got to move on, sir. But thank you so much for calling. Great, Thanks, great. Mike. Points all Thank really pre- appreciate the call. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Chris is standing by. We'll take our last break of the day. We will be returning shortly. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Hard to believe, but Chris has waited an inordinately long time, but he gets the full three minutes, so that much is good if he so chooses. Those last two got six minutes each. Well, (laughs) we're going to run into Dan Patrick, sorry. Well, you can have six minutes, but the last three won't be on the air. Okay, well... uh, the, the cancel culture. I read that uh, editorial in the in the item that you claimed to like, and basically it was saying the cancel culture st- stuff was BS. No, I didn't say I liked it. I said I read it. 
said you approved of it. No, I didn't you, say I approved of it. I said I thought it made, you know, I, I like, I could appreciate the other side of the okay, argument. Okay, okay. And it's nice to know that you're timely, you're glad, you're, you're perfectly satisfied if rich friends of the government get it more timely than other people. <laughs> no, you, uh, I'm not going to say you missed my, one, I'm not going to say you missed my point, but what I said was that I am in favor of everybody getting the vaccine in a timely hey, fashion. a limited number, that can't happen, Joe. Use your ad. Some but are look going at, to be more timely than others, and when it's the rich friends of the governors getting it more timely, so yeah, you, there is something to So you have absolute proof, minute. you have absolute proof that Governor DeSantis ordered that his oh, rich friends... Oh, now you're going back to whether there's a proof. You no, well, you're saying, before, you're saying... And that, now you, and it's it didn't really matter as long as everybody got it timely. It doesn't. Now but, but no, no, I'm not retreating. <laughs> I'm not retreating. What I'm saying is yes, you have. <laughs> if, they, if the governor specifically ordered that his friends get the vaccine first, then I would agree with you. But there is and no proof that that by happened. accident, as Tom said. Right. Okay. Well, you it's choose to believe what you choose Where to believe. believe. You live Joe. in your own yes, little world. right, Joe. Let's move on. You live in your <laughs> own little world, Chris. Go ahead. All right. What else, Chris? You got I'm one minute. I'm not in my own little world. You are in your though, but let's go on. Now, uh, the, the whole cancel Kelser thing, I think the CBS reporter and the time, the, the article that you mentioned, approvingly, because it had one point you agreed with, had it downright about it's not an example of cancel culture. What it is, if anything, is that one company has 50% of the book market. And that could be a bad thing, and maybe government should do something worthwhile and maybe break up that monopoly. What are you talking about? Damn, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, Amazon. Amazon has 50% of the book market, and they were the ones who were going to uh, uh, remove, some of, remove Dr. Seuss books if they didn't do something about it. And that's so when you, they decided to do something about it. So you're saying the family was threatened by Amazon? No, the family was not threatened. They expressed, expressed just that they thought there was racist stuff in the books, and they didn't want to be selling them. And if the family didn't do something about it, Amazon would take action themselves. Oh, All right, I, we got a schedule. I hadn't heard Chris. that, and but the, that's, an, that's, that's interesting. That's monopoly power being used. Okay. Thank you so much, Chris. Really, really appreciate the call. Call back tomorrow. We're going to have open phones tomorrow. This is News Radio 1070, WKOK Sunbury, WKOK News. Time it is 10 o'clock.